Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Where is Discoculia in your brain? A free math handbook. Do we really need math? Thursday math activity and about testing. This is week 15 in 2017 and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. Well, happy to be here. Yes, we have lots of interesting links this week and we certainly need your help and we definitely need your help with the first one that talks about where exactly sits that Discoculia in your brain. Do we know where that is? Yes, now this article is not new, but uh, very interesting. It's called Neuroanatomical Correlates, so where happens what, of the developmental dyscalculia. And they show combined evidence from uh, morphometry and tractography. And what that means is that the researchers used structural uh, MRI, and diffusion tensor imaging, and that is uh, a type of uh, MRI setting that uh, shows different uh, tissues in a slightly different way. So you can select what comes up more clearly and to examine uh, larger and smaller structural impairments. And they tested uh, seven to nine-year-old children with developmental descoculia and compared to a group of uh, typically developing uh, children, so not having dyscalculia, and they match them on age, gender, intelligence, reading ability, and working memory capacity. It's very important to uh-huh. also look into the working and, uh, memory. Working memory, yes. Now, they did so-called voxel-based morphometry. Now, what does that mean? Everybody knows pixels. Yeah, mm-hmm. pixels is the 2D equivalent of uh, voxel, which is the 3D. Is a little Cube. It's a little, the smallest volume in a uh, in the brain uh, using MRI that you can discriminate from the um, cube next to it. So just compare two pixels in a in picture. Okay. More pixels, clearer picture. Right. More fix, more voxels, clearer localization in the 3D in the brain, and that's called morphometry, uh, with a nice uh, Latin word. Now, all this uh, activity revealed that there was reduced gray matter on both sides in the upper side of the parietal uh, lobule, in the interparietal circus, fusiform gyrus, parahippocampal gyrus, and right anterior temporal cortex. So, oh, that's look, clear. That, absolutely. Now, now it's no, very that clear paints, where that all is. That paints a picture, absolutely. Okay, so uh, what it says here is that there are several very clearly defined uh, structural locations in the brain uh, where you have this um, uh, gray matter difference between kids who have dyscalculia and who don't have dyscalculia. Now, it's important to know we have gray matter and white matter in our brain. You have gray matter is uh, usually what we call where the centers of activity are, uh-huh. basically uh, a cluster of millions of um, 
neurons of neural cells of the body of the cell, yeah, where the uh, dendrites are, are attached to and where the um, nucleus is. And then you have a very long axon where the uh, electrical uh, information is uh, brought to the next neuron and that makes bundles and that's the white matter. I'd never heard about the white matter. Yeah. We always talk about the gray matter when we talk about the brains. Yeah, but if, if your gray matter uh, centers are not <laughs> connected with the white matter, it still it doesn't, doesn't help work. you much. Okay. So, um, now, this uh, voxel-based um, morphometry, so, so looking at the 3D anatomy, also showed uh, reduced white matter. So, we the first thing we saw was the gray matter, so the uh, neuron bodies were diminished, but also there was less white matter, so less connections less between those okay. uh, cells. So, um, and that was also in the temporal parietal cortex on the side of the, uh, the head. Okay. They did more diffusion tensor imaging, and that showed um, that there was a white matter anomaly. And it pointed to, um, to a difference both in microstructure and macrostructure. Now, the structural deficit in the white matter was associated with numerical operations. So now we look at the practical side. And it was not associated with uh, issues with verbal mathematical reasoning or word reading. So this is really where the math happens in our brain. Okay. Then we, uh, in the meantime, we have a whole um, mapping atlas um, project of the brain, and you can compare uh, where those white matter uh, connections, those tracts, so to say, that is uh, neuronal highways, people uh, call it, right. are actually um, laying that are working differently, or less well, basically, in the uh, children with developmental dyscalculia. And they also mention here exactly what um, tracts these are. And if you are good on your uh, neuroimaging, it's the longitudinal fasciculus, inferior frontal occipital fasciculus, caudal forceps major, and these are key pathways that are not functioning uh, as well in children with uh, developmental dyscalculia. Wow. So basically, what we now know is that uh, these highways that do not function that well to bring one um, message, mathematical message or input to the next cell um, is actually the, the source of the vulnerability in uh, developmental dyscalculia. Okay. So network and classification analysis shows that those kids uh, highly likely have multiple dysfunctional circuits uh, in their uh, white matter uh, regions. Now in summary, so they both uh, found abnormalities in the gray matter and the white matter in children with uh, dyscalculia. 
So uh, now we know exactly where the problem lies. I was going to say this was very, very helpful. And I think we should really change this podcast into a video podcast so that we can show some pictures with the stories that you're giving us. Um, because this, uh, this, this was uh, difficult. But people need to go to the source uh, information. Absolutely. And, and Read the, the main, article, look at the pictures. Uh, yeah, and the, main, the main message is that, it's, that there is a very distinct neuroanatomical difference in children with dyscalculia. So that we not just uh, should say, uh, try harder and practice more right. and do your flashcard, right. but th they really need a totally different approach and help to yes. overcome this structural difference. Yes. And it's not their fault. We shouldn't shame them. And we also shouldn't shame uh, teachers who have one or two in, in uh, statistically... Uh, expected one or two students in each classroom have dyscalculia. It's not the bad teaching. Those kids really have a structural difference. Right. And parents would do well to print out this article and bring it to their school meetings and school districts. Yeah, particularly those school districts that, that still, still say <laughs> they, that dyscalculia doesn't <laughs> exist or is something vague and they are not into it. Interesting, interesting. Well, our next link has some less jargon in it, and it's about a giveaway for a book. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we hope that the podcast actually comes in time. Uh, there's a giveaway for several copies of this uh, ebook. Now, uh, giving away a chance of free ebook is also a great way of making an email list. So, if listeners register to win, uh, they will probably get a little bit more um, emails in the future about the same topic. But if you're interested in it, you're probably happy with that. And uh, if I can judge it by its cover, um, it's a nice book. So why not register and uh, try to get it? So look at the link on the Discoculia headlines and you can easily find it. Good. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, uh, we wish uh, the participants all the best. Uh, I enter too. And uh, so <laughs> I'll see how many spam messages I get after that. Um, the next link is one that is very near and dear to my heart and the hearts of all these children suffering in math lessons across the country every day. Do we really need math? I can get the fractions and the multiplication tables. I can see the point that everybody needs those. But when I see high schoolers trying to find the boundaries and the center of an ellipse, I seriously doubt how many people ever in the world will need this. Now, the article in this link is about Andrew Hacker, a political science professor at Queen's College. And he is pushing for the adoption of so-called numeracy, in which, in, in, in simple terms, uh, it is about the ability to measure, make estimations, break down simple percentages, etc., and Hacker has spent his life studying people and society. And one thing he's consistently noticed is that many Americans seem to have a fear of anything that's related to numbers and math. Now, three years ago, Hacker decided to begin teaching a course on numeracy, or the practical application of math. And what he's found, he says, is that his students respond well and actually like it. He says, well, calculus is just about calculus. Yeah. Whereas numeracy is about the real world. Right. 
You have to know about politics and voting, for instance. You have to know why birth rates go down. Uh, we look at figures and we ask why. Um, graphs and, and pie charts, uh, they all start to tell a story. And, and I quote him here. I'm all in favor of a plain vanilla arithmetic, all the way up through long division, decimals and fractions. Most of the time, when we're talking about math, we're really talking about arithmetic. Numeracy means being at home with numbers. As almost a second language, or the kind of statistics we see in our newspapers and on television, being able to understand them. Now, his overall point is, <coughs> that we do a great job in math, <coughs> sorry for that, from kindergarten to grade 8. But then in high school, we really go overboard <laughs> with our that's, abstract that's topics. That's why the LF stops. <laughs> uh, and instead of teaching, say, financial literacy. Right. Or <coughs> how to use math to figure out if your diet contains the right amount of essential nutrients every day. Right. That would be much more useful. Mm -hmm. That would be very useful. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, founder of DiscalculiaServices.com. And we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscalculiaHeadlines.com. Now, the next link is a video uh, about the Thursday math activity. Uh, what's that all about? Yeah, that's from... Uh Miss Lucy Ravich, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm sorry, Miss Lucy, if I did it wrong. And she's the author of Kids Math Teacher, and it's a blog. And uh, she has uh, authored several math-focused children's books. Good for you. Keep going. So she publishes activity videos every Thursday on her site, and this time she had a nice activity with the famous 100 chart. Oh, yeah. And that is really a great tool for children to see the relation between all the numbers from 1 to 100. Now, we do activities with the 100 chart ourselves where we let one child, or actually, well, we take, let the children take turns to call a route, like starting at their chosen number. And here the birthdays come up or other important numbers in their life. So. Uh, immediately the whole thing is uh, makes no sense to them and is attached uh, to their life and they're emotionally involved with it. Now, then after they've chosen their starting number, then they start calling the route. So, add 2, or they should move to the right. Subtract 20, so they should move up two rows, etc. And the other kids... Uh, need to follow to see if they arrive at the same, uh, same ending point. Now, for some children, uh, it is important to, uh, to like cut up the whole 100 chart in rows and to staple it together to see that uh, one row is connected to the next and to the next and that you can actually make a whole scroll or a whole number line from uh, 1 to 100. Or what you could do is uh, rolling up the 100 uh, chart in a little bit like crooked way so that the end of the first row, the 10, touches at the other side the end of the uh, next row, the 11. It's kind of when you play Pac-Man. 
you leave the field at the right side and it comes oh, back. Oh, and then they come at, back at the other side. At the yeah. other side. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I think it's a great game. I've seen the 100 charts. I've seen kids play around with it. It really brings everything together for them. They see how the whole system of our numbers yeah, you can uh, color all the even numbers you can do yeah. all the yeah. multiples of three and and, uh, yeah so it's a wonderful tool and very nice to see all those videos people can browse all her thursday activity videos they're pretty uh, pretty cool that brings us to our last link and it's a quote from the uk and the quote is the whole testing regime disadvantages children who are already disadvantaged would you agree with that? And, and is that similar here in the United States? Yes, I, I definitely do agree with that. And we see the same thing here in the US. Now, let me just uh, give you a little bit of background about the article. And then you highly likely will agree with me uh, if you know anything about how the educational system is organized here. That we see the same thing. And it's kind of... Uh, counterproductive to test all children from different backgrounds with exactly the same test. So this post is from the Yorkshire Evening Post mm -hmm. and it's, it's a regional, newspaper, a, a regional uh, newspaper in the UK and it talks about a, a large city, Leeds, mm -hmm. and says that the children are falling behind the pack on basic numeracy and literacy skills. And that in particular kids from Financially disadvantaged families uh, score uh, lower and 8% uh, more of those kids do not uh, reach the national target for reading, writing and math at age 11. Hmm. So the teachers unions are, are very unhappy also about this exam factory where all the kids... Uh, even uh, when they start school uh, with a lower uh, level, uh, have to go through the same test. Oh, well, that's interesting, because that's exactly the same what's happening here in the United States. This mm -hmm. is where children, if they start with a disadvantage, when they come from a poor city, uh, part of the city where maybe they get less stimulus at home, and they have less opportunities to be helped, but the funding is also to the schools from that region, so the school has less money, so they'll have less opportunities for extra tutoring sessions and catch and up they, learning. And they're actually taught in larger classes, right. although those More crowded, kids would, yes. would benefit from smaller classes. And then, of course, we have only one test that applies to everyone, so the kids in a small class in affluent area always So you can basically that predict that they right. will have a lower score, and that in itself affects, again... The funding of those schools so right. it's kind of a spiral going right. on and on right it's amazing that you know it's a it's a system uh, but it's it's difficult i mean i'm not going to say that we here at the studio have table the, have, have the, the silver bullets, bullets. <laughs> if we would we would not be sitting here we would be in the white house or <laughs> <laughs> but uh no it's a very good point and we need to continue to uh to develop those uh, points and at least create awareness for the issues it mm -hmm. uh, it creates well, as always, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder. These were the links for this week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com. You can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook. She maintains boards both on Pinterest and on Flipboard, and she runs five free webinars. And all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com.
Now, if you want to know if you have dyscalculia or your child has dyscalculia, you can do the free dyscalculia screener on our website, dyscalculiaservices.com. There's a link in the left navigation panel. Or you can get a more comprehensive math and dyscalculia screening test, and then you need to go to dyscalculiatesting.com. Finally, Dr. Sawyer's ebooks are available on Amazon, and you can find the link on shop.discoculiaservices.com or go to amazon.com and search for Dr. Sawyer.